All right, welcome to episode 20 of We All Speak in Poems. Today we're sitting down with Eli Goldberg, an ambient composer who releases music as Ann Annie and recently put out his new album, By Morning. In this episode, we're chatting about how he records music, how he makes ambient music with acoustic instruments, his new band, and much more. So we hope you enjoy it. I guess we'll start with your new album, your most recent one, By Morning. Yeah, it uh, just came out a couple months ago. How's that been? Um, it's been great. Um, it was uh, the first album I released in at least two years, I think. 2019 was the um, last time I released a full-length album. Um, yeah. So it definitely felt good to, to get to the out. Um, and... Um, yeah, it's been it's been nice. I had a little break of, of recording um, after releasing it, um, but have been back to to doing stuff. Um, and yeah, was was kind of able to go in a direction that I wasn't really expecting with the album, which is kind of fun to continue to explore as well moving forward. For sure, yeah. I mean, especially in the new album, like it's going so much into like uh, the acoustic instruments, you know, piano mm-hmm. and acoustic guitar, and I feel like. You've been really going in that direction lately. When did when did that sort of come about? Because, yeah, Wander Into was so electronic, right? Yeah, purely modular. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Wander Into kind of was the beginning of it because I, I kind of had I have those couple tracks that start with acoustic instruments, um, and then they kind of still get taken over by a lot of electronic stuff. But um, I definitely wanted to go back to that um, and kind of focus on the acoustic element of it a little more. Um, and kind of expand on the idea that I started in Wander Into. For sure, yeah. And, like, I really love the tracks uh, In Evenings and what's the other one, the second last track? Oh, sorry, Hazel Creek and In, in Evenings. Mm-hmm. They're so uh, piano-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was wondering, the recording process of those, was it mostly, um, like, did you compose it really heavily or was it improvisation mostly? Um I think it was, those are both pretty improvisational. Um, I think especially uh, in evenings kind of falls apart into into kind of a weird tempo-less thing. Um, and I was kind of trying to emulate like some of the modular sequencing that um, I've done with like a bunch of randomized uh, pitch and tempo and stuff. Um, so I was just trying trying to kind of emulate that on the piano. So it was very random and uh, not not composed at all. But um, and same with Hazel Creek was also similar. Kind of just happen in like one take or so nice did you um did you start by playing instruments when you were younger or did you like start with synths at a young age and then get into instruments um I started with instruments piano is the first instrument um I started learning when I was five or six um uh, and I'd always wanted to learn synths but or like mess around with them but um never got an opportunity until uh until later in life um and but yeah, it's, I've always gravitated that direction, I guess. Um, but a relatively new thing in, in my entire life of playing music, I guess. Yeah. Did you start that early because of like your parents' stuff or, or was it like a yeah. sibling? Or? That kind of, and it just, yeah, my, my dad played guitar a little bit. Um, so he, he would like wanted to help me out with guitar and didn't know much about sense. Um, so that was kind of a reason, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It never, it never was like one of those things that I, I like really tried to go for. I guess until later. For sure. So when did when did your modular stuff sort of come into the picture? Because you know it's pretty expensive and all of that. Like yeah. I can't imagine you know that being an easy sort of thing to get into. Yeah, uh, it was super not an easy thing to get into. Um, I probably spent like three years in total building up any resemblance of a small rack um i would get like one module every like six months or so every like three or four months um and honestly it kind of helped me learn modular because i just had one thing to focus on um and would learn the ins and outs of it completely um and then expand once it felt necessary rather than just because i could um but yeah i definitely sold a lot of everything that I own to get one module in one case. It was kind of a wild. I was like, I'm going to drop all my other music and other things and get this one thing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, definitely, definitely am in, in still 
broke from Marjorie. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, uh, it's, it's good Seems fun. Seems like a risk that was kind of worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you learn how to play these things? Did you know someone or did you just watch YouTube tutorials? Or? Um, yeah, mostly just YouTube tutorials and, and kind of figuring out stuff on my own, um, I guess. Uh, yeah, certainly for like piano stuff, just going by ear um, for like oh, modular okay. stuff. I mean, so much, so much of the interfaces are so strange <laughs> um, that yeah. it's kind of, I always kind of found fun exploring a new interface and, and trying to figure out how to use it actually in, in my own way, I guess. Um, so that definitely, yeah, kind of just experimenting a lot. Yeah, nice. Amazing. So before Ann Annie, what were you doing musically, if anything? Were you in like bands and stuff in <laughs> high school and all that? or? Yeah, I was in a high school band. Um, and then I was in a, a, a solo project right after that, that, um, it was like indie, in classic, like indie rock music. Um, and I, I would just record all this, all the parts myself and, um, did that for a little bit. And then slowly that kind of shifted into more synth stuff. Um, and then became an Annie a couple years later. Nice. Yeah. Have you ever thought of changing the name because I know Brady he's gone through it so many times where he starts out with an alias and he's like I'm tired of this name or like just the image that he's built and then he feels like he has to start over again have you ever had that yeah like want definitely yeah. I've definitely had that thought um I think yeah I've definitely had that thought mostly like when I want to do like other like completely different sounding projects and stuff I'm like I want to I want to go under a different name or do something else. Um, what kind of sounds um, have you thought of getting into? Um, I also I really wanna I wanna be in like a just like a classic hard rock band, just really nice. straight. No, uh, not not a lot of less less than things. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, my roommate makes a bunch of house tracks, and sometimes I mess around with him, which is kind of fun. Um, Sick. Uh, yeah. Well, I definitely feel like the direction of Ann Annie is going like less electronic and more just acoustic instruments being manipulated by electronics. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of the direction that you're going to continue going on, you think? I think so. I'm feeling like I'm going to go that direction and then eventually come back and, and meet somewhere in the middle with the best of the two, nice. um, which I've been kind of doing a lot of... Um, Practicing for a, the, a couple of live shows that have coming up, um, I've been much more focusing on mixing the two uh, in a more parallel way instead of just running stuff through effects, essentially, um, yeah. and uh, processing, which has been super fun and, and a very different experience. Um, but yeah, I think for now, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the acoustic instruments process, too, uh, and synthetic stuff. Nice. I guess that brings us on to the conversation of your live shows. So you're doing a lot of them recently, I've noticed. Um, do they pretty much look like that video for So Well, or like, what's your sort of setup there? Yeah, it, it is similar to that. I've actually started collaborating with um, a couple string players, um, oh, and hopefully a couple, a couple woodwind players in the future. But um, right now my setup is kind of wild. I have a, have a piano with uh, three different pedals underneath, an expression pedal, and then two volume pedals, which um, controls the ascend from the piano into uh, an effects unit. And then the other volume control is for the volume of the modular next to me. So I can I can uh, oh, wow. play piano and bring in the modular, um, as well as ascend from the piano to effects in the modular. So it's like a, it kind of feels like playing an organ, but uh, <laughs> it's a little intense. I don't, I try not to use, I've never used Ableton or any computer stuff during live sets just because I'm not I don't know I'm not used to it I had a lot of problems with it um yeah when I was first starting out and so I've just always gone with weird route signal routing to wow, that's that. crazy yeah it's pretty funny pretty nutty so is that mostly like improvisation as well or are you like rehearsing that pretty pretty regularly so? um when it's by myself it's really I, I like you know, kind of figure out the points I want to go to. And like on the modular, I'd be like, okay, this is what this does. Um, and then kind of just know how much time I need to do each section and improvise it. 
Um, but recently playing with the string players, um, I've been we've been having a rehearsal uh, once a week, uh, just for a couple hours. Oh, wow. That's good. Been That's nice. nice. It, it wow. feels good to practice this music, this type of music, even though it's like super random and very not structured. It, it's it's good to it's fun to practice it. Probably helps creatively too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, do you think you're going to start sort of writing more for live stuff mm-hmm. in the future? Or, like, or you still just think you're going to just sort of, like, you know, write for recording? Like, what I do, you know? Yeah. I don't write at all for, for live. I don't mm-hmm. think about how anything's going to be um, played out played out at all. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't even know how to play half my songs. So. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's always a funny thing is, like, I'm, like, I, I'd love to be able to, like, play some of my tracks, but I have no idea how I'd even begin to try to play them without like getting a whole Ableton rig and just some crazy setup that I'm like I don't I'd rather not figure that out. I don't something about it, I'm just like I'd rather just play a new set that's like kind of new music but you know. Um but yeah, I, I think sure. that a mixture of both I still wanna do kinda like make tracks that are unplayable live because they're so in depth and, and have so much processing and um, just recording stuff, producing that it's it's uh, not playable. But I also do definitely have been enjoying playing stuff in this live way that uh, still sounds really wild and uh, really have really enjoyed working with the string section. That's been super fun. So I think I'd, I'm like kind of in this classical mindset right now that I think I might explore for a little bit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think a mixture of both, definitely. For sure. Yes. And you're even, yeah, you're learning the cello right now yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that for like your music or are you just doing it on the side just to, just to um, try to learn it? Definitely. I guess definitely for my music, I'm not expecting anything to happen, but um, I find that honestly, like sometimes trying to record myself playing different instruments makes me a lot better at them really fast um, or at least helps me learn yeah. them just because I'm like hyper focusing on like very certain things uh, and it has to be perfect. So I kind of I kind of like that aspect. Although recently it's just been like kind of jamming with my own tracks and just having fun trying to figure it out. Um, that's cool. So you play tracks that you've already made and then you play the cello over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That'd be cool to come out with other versions of those yeah. tracks with like yeah. the cello over it and stuff. If you find something that sounds cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. Do you do reworks to your tracks a lot? Um, I just recently started um, a couple of reworks. Just Honestly, I don't know why. I just kind of thought... I, I was trying to like make new songs. I just kept getting stuck playing those. So I was like, I'm just going to try remaking this really quick just for fun. Um, yeah. Which actually helped inspire new ideas uh, in a parallel thing, which is good. But um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, one of the better workflows I find is going back to projects that you just didn't think were working at all. And then you already have a starting point, right? Yeah. And, you know, it goes day to day, right? You might think something so- sounds horrible right. one day and then the next day you're like, this is the best thing I've ever written. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that oftentimes happens to me. Actually, the other day I, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I think I'm going to re-record a demo that I released on my band camp. And I was, like, thinking about it, I was like, wait, I think I might have actually released this as just a song. And I, it turns out I did, and I was like, it's a good, I'm glad I didn't go down the path of, like, starting to re-record this and, and find this out. But uh. With that being said, though, with music like ours, I feel like they all sound not similar, but, you know, a lot of the time it's in the same key and yeah. all this stuff, same basic ideas, so you could honestly get away with you know, starting one track and making four tracks out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've definitely done that. Um, definitely just started, especially with the modular stuff, that's just, it's like generative over long periods of time. I've just recorded like a very long section and then chopped up each section and kind of produced a little bit and like added stuff to each section a little bit, but, you know, kind of just left it as like a three movement uh, part song, if, if you will. That's sick. I mean... Yeah, because your songs are fairly short, too. So mm-hmm. is that uh, a general workflow that you do where you have your generative modular stuff and then sort of cut it up? Or like, mm-hmm. that's been, you know, why aren't you putting out 10-minute tracks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I honestly should. I've like always thought about that and honestly like have gotten close, but then for some reason have not. Have not. Um, the acoustic stuff is actually, for some reason, I like I 
it's hard for me to like figure out how to write like three minute songs that are based off of acoustic parts just because I, I, I like run out of ideas and I don't want to have like slow sections really that aren't interesting so I kind of just yeah. wind up with this like build up and then it and then it stops uh, yeah but hopefully hopefully I'll be able to I, I'm trying to push myself to write over over at least two minutes and 30 seconds for, for new stuff I mean, that's the way to go now, right? Yeah. With streaming, is is the shorter the track, the better, almost. Yeah. You know? It seems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe in the future it'll be like the eight-minute tracks are the ones that get all the attention. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think some someday I definitely will. It I it would be fun, and I've never done it, so. Definitely do it. I mean, even just thinking about tracks in parts and just sort of weaving them into one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems counterproductive because you could make it into like three songs yeah. or just one long song. But, you know, that's something I was experimenting with for a while there. Mm-hmm. And I was able to make like a 12-minute song that is still one of my favorites. But uh, it's pretty easy when you think about it. when it's so long. <laughs> yeah, you can get really, really into the track, yeah. right? Yeah. Even writing it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really fun. With the live shows, do you get nervous? <laughs> Definitely. Um, I definitely, recently when I was, uh, when I first started doing modular stuff, it was, it was honestly not as nerve wracking just cause, um, I'd been used to playing in, uh, my other band, guitar in my other band where everything is like super timed out and we have like a very certain amount of songs to get through and playing modular was like really chill, especially ambient music. I was like, wow, I can go so slow here and just like nice. honestly relax in there, which is nice. Um. But recently, I started, every show I played, I've, like, massively changed my set and decided to take on some crazy idea for some reason and, like, not really rehearse it and just be, like, I can figure it out during, like, I just need to be able to, like, make sure all the components work and then I'll be able to, like, feel it out and figure it out, which has worked, but there's the moment where I'm, uh, like, before, I'm just like, oh, man, this is such a bad, why did I do this? This is a really bad idea. (laughs) Should have just gone with something simpler, but um, it, it usually works out, so... When when uh, my uh, other music project, I, I play guitar in this other band, um, and we went on tour last this last year. And there were actually, there were moments when I was like, we were just waiting to go on, and I was like, oh my god, I don't think I've ever felt this anxious about playing music. Oh. Um, and that was a new experience. I, I was like, God, I don't know about this. This is terrible. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I think as a I haven't I haven't played a live show under Annie with um, other people involved, so I think that'll be interesting. I don't know if that'll make me more nervous or or less nervous, but we will find out soon, I guess. Yeah, because I wanted to ask about the tours or shows that you were. I don't know if it was co-headlining or you're playing with Amos Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, was it playing separately, and you guys were just sort of co-headlining? Um, we were playing together actually. We we were playing oh. some songs from um, his album that we recorded together, um, and then some new stuff. And that's what so our we eventually kind of just decided to make a new a fully new project. We we have a, a bass player with us um, who we played music with since like sixth grade, uh, and then uh, we also added a drum uh, a full rhythm section. So we kind of were like let's just make a new fully new thing out of this. Uh, and keep our separate music sure. separate because it's different enough and we can just make a new thing. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up Johnny's Day Out mm-hmm. later, but if you're cool to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that song is I showed Ch- Chantel the intro today. <laughs> oh, yeah. the whole, oh, is it just the intro? The that, was, that was just the intro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. The intro to the EP. Yeah. And it is so good. Like yeah. ever since I heard it, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun one to make, definitely. Do you guys have um, an idea of when that'll be out? Yeah, we actually, yesterday we just uploaded our first single um, to DistroKid, so it should be out. We have nice. our set's release on the 14th um, for Valentine's Day, nice. which will be awesome. Wow. Oh, that's pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so just a couple weeks, um, which is exciting. Yeah, so you're in the studio. I don't know how much you want to get into this, but uh, you're in the studio with Graham quickly, quickly, right? Yeah. Um, 
how how was the recording process like for that? Like, because obviously doing your solo stuff, yeah, you know, you're you're probably in your bedroom most of the time, mm-hmm. like recording. Yeah. So actually getting into a studio and re- recording with other people, like, mm-hmm. how different is that for you? Um, it's nice. Um, I've only done it a couple times, and every time it's like obviously it's much more easy to stay focused because um, you're in a different space and it's like kind of a dedicated space. Uh, we also all rented an Airbnb up by um, where Graham Studio is, so we could just just really stay locked in and not uh, not have to come back uh, all the way across town and um, waste a bunch of time getting distracted with that. Which is a funny move. It wasn't our our bass player is like really in, really into that, um, but <laughs> we uh, I I get very easily distracted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was it was nice it was it was definitely a different it's it's kind of funny because you like wait for your part and then it's all about you and it's super intense like really going in producing the parts um like chopping things away adding stuff and then like then you're just sitting for like five hours while they does their stuff which is really fun um and like much more tiring honestly than recording my own stuff which is funny because there's definitely, I feel like there's less going on, but at the same time there's more to process and more going on at the same, yeah, at the same moment. Um, but it was it was great watching Graham and, um, yeah, I always like being, I always like being with other people in the studio just to bounce ideas off of, I cannot sometimes just get, I don't know, stuck with my own thoughts, which are good, but I think it's always important to have other creative thoughts. Absolutely. Do you find that's the case even with Anne Annie? Do you do you bounce ideas off your off your friends and stuff a lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, oh, oftentimes at least like show people different stages of tracks uh, as as they get built into something cool. Um, nice. My morning was much less of that. It was it was kind of just I made the entire thing and then didn't nobody heard it until I released it. <laughs> was that a weird process for you or did it feel comfortable doing it i think yeah i think it might, might have been comfortable and maybe i think i was just kind of shy about putting together a release yeah. um, and it also happened really fast i like made the first iteration of it over like three months and then in like a week decided to change half the tracks and oh, wow. um we recorded them and yeah, we recorded half the album in like three or four days and mixed and mastered it, and then was like, all right, I'm done now. Um, wow. So that that's crazy. That was kind of weird, but it also felt very natural and very normal, I guess, <laughs> for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, when you're in that flow of things, everything that's definitely feels right. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, Wander Into came out 2019. And then you kind of didn't release much of anything, maybe a couple singles here and there up until Homeward, which was an EP. Mm -hmm. So what was happening in between that time from like 2019 to 2021? I guess the heart of the pandemic, really. Were you just sort of laying low and sort of letting things flourish? Yeah, I was was still working through that whole time um, and wound up having to sell a bunch of stuff. I like, sold my computer and like a bunch of recording equipment. Um, oh, wow. So I, I like did, I didn't have a computer. I didn't go on a computer, I think, for like two and a half years in that time, um, which was honestly nice. I, I mean, I had my phone, so I, I can't fully say I wasn't on a computer, but um, it was really nice, especially for music. The house I was living in at the time had a terribly out-of-tune acoustic piano, but... Um, I played piano like every single day during that time and um, kind of just like got back to writing music just for myself and like to to no end, um, which was really nice, like not even having the option to be like, okay, I want to record this and like I, I cannot record anything. Um, so I will just play it, I guess, which was honestly really nice. Um, and yeah, didn't do much since stuff either. I really just kind of sat with piano for a really long time. And yeah, I, I I kind of felt coming out of um I think 2021 or 2020, 2021 maybe, um yeah 2021, um I was like kind of getting ready to record stuff again, um and like 
getting back into it, I think it felt really it, it felt really nice and re- a, a nice refresh of uh, of kind of finding that reason why I was making music in the first place. Um, and coming back to doing any any stuff was felt a little better than previously in, in 2019. I definitely was like sure. already feeling some like I guess maybe just being a little overwhelmed or at least like just like I had I'd been recording music on my own for so long and I was like I need a I need a break from recording so it definitely came at a good time maybe or just the right time. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's sort of what happened with your YouTube channel as well, is that you just didn't mm-hmm. have a computer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I had a camera and shot a bunch of stuff, which is just kind of sitting in, in, uh, on, all that is on a hard drive, which I should maybe go through, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it definitely, yeah, that definitely affected <laughs> doing YouTube stuff and, and whatnot. Did you miss it at that time, or was it also just kind of a relief being able to focus on what you were doing? I think it was a relief. It was like, I really had gotten into a good routine of, of like, making YouTube content and stuff. Um, but it was, I, I think also the thing was I wanted to focus on making tracks and music to release as, as songs and tracks rather than YouTube videos. Um, and it was, like, yeah. so much work trying to keep up with posting to YouTube um, pretty frequently and then also having time to record other music that's completely separate. Um, so I think I kind of like naturally gravitated that way. Um, and yeah, it also, it definitely took a lot that I was like, I, I come on a break and come back to, to just playing music. For sure. Can I ask, what do you, what do you, yeah, feel free to say that you're, you know, don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, what do you do for, for like, your day job, though? Are, are you a, a chef? I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I cook at, uh, actually, since 2019, I've cooked at uh, this restaurant in, in uh, Portland. Uh, oh, sick. Yeah. So how, do you find that that sort of, I guess what I'm asking is, do you have a, a, a passion for cooking, or is it, like, sort of your, just a thing to get by? Um. It's kind of both. It definitely started as like just a thing to get by. I I really enjoy it and found that I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it also, in a weird way, inspires me to make music when I get home if I'm not like exhausted, which often is the case. But it, yeah. it, there's like something about it that I'll be like just thinking about music stuff, um, and it will be like all circulating my brain while I'm cooking, and then I'll get home and can flesh flesh it all out. But um, yeah, so I think they, they, they work really nicely together. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're both pretty creative, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, for the most part. Definitely. And. But also technical. And technical, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably yeah. a lot of equivalence with, like, modular even, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. <laughs> different ingredients go into the patches. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it does for feel sure. like chefing up sometimes when you're making yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so did you did you grow up in Oregon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. As as a kid and stuff, were you going out into, you know, the Oregon forests and, and all that? Like yeah. did that really shape your yeah music and all that? Absolutely. Um yeah, I as a kid would go up into the wo- in the woods all the time. We have a big um, park called Forest Park, which is really just essentially the like a, a giant. It's not really they call it a city park, but it like kind of just goes in the woods behind it, so it's not really. Um, but yeah, I would hang out up there all the time. Um, the surrounding area around Portland is super gorgeous, and um, there's everything around. There's the desert, beach, uh, forest, oh, wow. mountains within like two hours drives which is super wow i don't i don't really know the area too well it's kind of so i know like canadian geography Mm -hmm. it's like right below bc kind of right yeah yeah so it's um vancouver and then uh seattle and then portland is and they're all about the same distance from each other i think sick um, wow, yeah. that's sweet. So do you, do you find yourself even now going, like, you know, into the mountains and stuff to get inspiration, or? I try to. I try to just, honestly, just to get uh, out of the city and uh, get some fresh air oftentimes. Um, it is hard to get out all the time. Gas yeah. is pretty expensive these days, and 
need to get an electric car. So that's a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. He's good friendly. Um, but yeah, I, try, I definitely try to get out, especially when it's it's nice during the winter. It's oftentimes in Portland, very gray and, and drizzly and, and not great outside. Um, so when it's sunny, it's definitely, I definitely try to get out. Yeah. Do you do a lot of field recordings when you go out? to like nature and stuff or i used to i I try to record just a little bit of something on my phone anywhere i am just because i wind up using it um but i used to do that like intentionally a lot more and um honestly like sometimes i'm like i just i just want to go out somewhere i don't want to bring a bunch of recording stuff um and worry about that i just want to go somewhere (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i even find that with photography like Mm -hmm. trying to force yourself to take photos or whatever sometimes detracts from the experience yeah where you yeah, just yeah. want to be outside or whatever yeah yeah but uh, yeah. I, i'm so jealous of that area yeah. it's so it's so beautiful it, every, everything around here is so gorgeous that i just went to the coast the other day um and it was like it was such a nice experience and i just got i just got this really terrible like five dollar point and shoot film camera which has honestly been great because you just you don't have to think about anything you just point and shoot and there's no there's no uh yeah, there's not a lot of thinking going on. It's it's super fun, nice for sure. I mean, talk about gas being expensive. Film is yeah. stupid yeah. expensive. <laughs> it's right crazy. <laughs> I cannot believe. I cannot believe it. I I was like, yeah. I used to work in a film lab a couple of years ago, uh, and hadn't really. I think I left in 2019 and hadn't really, like, thought about film and came back this year and I was like, holy. Like, what the heck? What happened? <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah, like twice exactly. now. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's honestly made me stop shooting film. Like, yeah. I haven't shot film now in a year and a half at least, just because, mm-hmm. why Why would you? It's like $2 yeah. a shot now almost. It's and we're like an hour away from the, the developer lab. now. Oh, so man. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I've also been having a lot of fun shooting digitally again, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice, but you know yeah. that's also got his it's downfalls so yeah for your artwork um do you ever use your own photography like i know recently you've been using the same artist mm-hmm. for the ep and then now for the album mm-hmm. but have you ever used your own photography or thought of doing that um i have a little bit i think uh wander into and um Cordillera are both my my photos, um, which oh, nice. I used to yeah I used to really enjoy doing that. At some point, um, I just when I stopped shooting it, I just I kind of stopped. I kind of just did not like any of the album covers I would make. I would like try some, just be like ah this, this looks not good. <laughs> it does not look Aww. as professional as I wanted to. Um, and also just it's been really fun to work with other people and and like. I don't know, have them be part of the, the project in a, in a certain way and, and, and collaborate with them and see what they have come up with. For sure. It's super fun. Yeah, how do you, like, create the album art? Do you just tell them, like, give me some examples and I'll choose? Or do you kind of sit down and go, so I'm thinking these colors or this kind of vibe? Or how does that work? Um, for for Homeward, um, the, for the EP, I, I kind of chose some of uh, Valentina's work, um, uh, the person who did the uh, artwork. I just kind of I chose some of her previous stuff and was like, I really like this idea. Um, what do you think? And she sent me some drafts and I chose one. Uh, yeah. For By Morning, I kind of was like, here's the album and, uh, you know, you, I trust you. You do whatever you think, That's whatever awesome. you feel. Um, and that was the first draft I got. There was a couple different options, but they all pretty much looked like that. And I was like, wow, this is perfect. I yeah. I couldn't imagine anything better than this. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so sick. Yeah, it fits it perfectly too. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just even just the colors. It kind of it, it reminded me of of um Bonnie Vare's 22 a million. Obviously, it's just in the color scheme. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It kind yeah, of looks similar. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, this, this is sick. And then and to have it on vinyl too. I mean, yeah. now you've done two vinyl runs. Mm-hmm. Are they both sold out now? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they actually. That's all you can ask yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw. I think I saw that in my pre-sale in like an hour, which is. Exciting. Wow, that's awesome. I know. Congrats. I was devastated the first time that <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> yeah, they go quick. I'm, I'm thinking of doing a, a like a, a, a large, a large pressing at some point, um, but 
we'll see. I I, I want to get Wander into on on Lathor yes. final as well. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, person who cut the my uh, morning lace is uh, just this guy in town that is uh, connected to a couple of people I've been playing music with and went to high school with a super long time ago, which is I did not realize at first because that was kind of fun. Um, but oh, wow. yeah, it's been awesome. Like just having this guy who cuts super well and uh, is, is really chill and does music stuff himself, um, which is great in town. Good connection. Yeah, because I was I was surprised how how good it sounded with it being a lathe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, nowadays the technology is good enough for them all to sound good, but yeah. it still is surprising when you get that and it's like, oh, it actually doesn't just sound like crackle. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I was super surprised too. Um, and like he showed me his setup, and it's this, it's just it's super small and and uh, just really nice and and uh, the sweet space. That's sick. So for wander into, did you do that illustration on the front? I did not. Was that you? No. Oh, okay. My friend did that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I used to have this really cool. I never released this, but I had this really cool animation where it grew out of the out of the water. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember spending like two days working on that and then just like <laughs> watching it and being like, oh, God, it looks cool with two days. <laughs> there it goes. That's why I can't ever make animation. So I, I think it just, I think I would not have the patience for it, but I was definitely. So you sure. kind of went through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say, like, that illustration in particular and like the image with the drawing over top, you know, it was inspiring for me. Like, I probably stole that idea you know, for five releases, you know, <laughs> at least five singles. Yeah, I guess. And then I was doing the, the animations over top, kind of yeah. like what you're saying, mm-hmm. how it would just be like a little thing growing out of the water or yeah. birds flapping their wings. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and, did the cover for Bedroom, and I guess that's pretty yeah. much the vibe it was. It's exactly. the photo and then the drawing. Yeah, it's. I think I think you were the first one I saw do that. And really? That's I don't funny. think I had realized that, that until we were planning this. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I was originally going to go with uh, just the... See, I'm looking at the Amco right now. Um, I was originally just going to go with the water. But, uh, yeah, I decided to add that in there. <laughs> it adds a lot. I don't know why. Yeah, it looks so nice. It's so sick. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's just like an hour away from where I live or so, which is great. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. That's sick. Yeah. Not to go back again to the live shows, but... <laughs> no, I was going to as well. Um, do you mainly play in Oregon, or have you played all around the States? Have you ever come up to Canada? Um, I came to Vancouver one time, twice to play. Okay. Um, in, uh, before the pandemic. Um, and, yeah, mostly, mostly just in the West Coast. Um, I did a small tour in, like, 2019... Um, with Ann Annie, and then uh, I have I did do an event um, with uh, Colin uh, Benders up in uh, Utrecht, um, and then I did a Toman Synth event as well in Germany, and, and played a couple shows um, around there. Oh, sick! Super cool. Um, but yeah, kind of I guess a little all over. Nowhere like super frequently, other than Portland, but yeah, hoping to hoping to get out and play more shows this year. Yeah, you should come back to Canada. Yeah, I'd love to Toronto. see a live show. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. It seems like you're sort of opening for people that aren't ambient now. It seems like mm-hmm. that seems to be the running pattern. Was is this yeah. intentional or is this? Uh, I, I mean, it was like in the back of my mind intentional. I was like, this would be cool if this happened. I wouldn't mind. Um, and then it kind of just happened. So, I'm, which I'm, I was like, perfect. I didn't even. Do, I, I don't think I did anything. <laughs> Um, exactly which is, is great that's kind of definitely the direction i want to go because uh i would love to also become sort of a you know not just in the electronic genre um but kind of bridging both and um yeah i think that'd be cool yeah i mean your your music is perfect for it especially opening for you know more folk acts or country mm-hmm. acts like mm-hmm. I feel like even I'm obsessed with your your uh, the video where you're performing so well the instrument instrumental version of so well uh, where you're sitting there with the acoustic guitar and you just have the tape mm-hmm. machine and some modular to the side. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, just get up there on stage like that. And people yeah. would go nuts. I yeah. feel like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like the, I've never done the guitar. I did it one time, but I was like live looping a bunch of other stuff and it was confusing for me as well. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, I really want to go that route too. Um, and just do the guitar again and, and maybe a couple strings in the background, but, um, yeah. That'd be sick. I'm excited to hear the sort of uh, progression with with your string stuff and and getting yeah. quartets or or even just horn groups or something like it. It adds to it so much. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. listen to a lot? Sorry. Oh, what was that? <laughs> uh, do you listen to a lot of country music? Um, I have. Your, your music is very country yeah. inspired. Yeah. yeah. I've been listening to a lot of country stuff. Um. Um. Yeah. I've I've been listening to a lot of. Recently, it's been a lot more like classical stuff um, and, and whatnot, but yeah, I was really into some, some ambient Western and ambient country, too. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> explore. Um, but yeah, especially like old stuff like the John Fahey or John Fahey, um, it stuff is super inspiring for all the, his, his finger picking and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I love the sound of the steel. I think it's, I think it's so gorgeous and, uh, and yeah, some of the sounds in country are like super cool to me. And yeah, really. Pretty. Yeah, even just sliding guitars, right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's such a sick sound. Something that I was incorporating for a little while there. Not that I, I've never really delved too deep into country, but definitely using some of those techniques of folk music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been trying to get an acoustic guitar to sound good in an ambient track for years now, and I can't do it still. So <laughs> the fact that you did it, I'm like. I mean, all over by morning, right? I'm like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I did. I, uh, yeah, listen to a lot of John Fahey. And <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I really like some of the old. Like, I feel like you could call it ambient, but I know that, but like maybe it didn't, it wasn't thought of as that. But just that old like um, finger picking styles and like Elizabeth Cotton does a lot of it. Um, but there's like some instrumental stuff out there that's just like super cool and, and just like old guitar on a mono tape and that's it. And yeah. it's kind of awesome. Super into that. For sure. So something you told me recently was when you're recording piano, sometimes you go to a piano shop near you with some recording gear mm-hmm. instead of a studio, mm-hmm. which I thought was the sickest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I was just wondering... How like how did that start? When did you start doing that, and where did you get that idea? Because that never even popped into my head, but it's so smart. Like, I guess the first time I like ever did something like that was actually the when I recorded the original uh, piano part for memoir. It's actually mm-hmm. just a voice memo on my phone. Um, when I was on when I was on tour, we went to this uh, piano shop in. I think actually maybe it was here in Portland. Um, I, I like took the person I was on tour with to this piano shop um, and asked. I was like, "Could we? Uh, can I record some samples and some stuff, if you don't mind?" And the guy was actually super chill about it. I thought he was gonna be annoyed, uh, but he was super chill and was like, then like showing us all these like really wild pianos. He's like, "This, you know, this one's kind of broken, but like listen to how the keys sound. They're super wild. Like I think that one would sound good." Um, and it was honestly super fun. And I found this like beautiful piano from I think 1901 the Steinway that it had something strange like 80 like three keys or something odd it was before oh. the standard um kind of piano key keyboard came out um and it sounded so beautiful uh and yeah I recorded the the whole piano part of the first memoir is just on my phone on the on the piano <laughs> um, but yeah that kind of started that I came back when I wanted to start recording music again after playing piano a bunch, I was like, I want to record on a, a grand piano, um, a super nice piano, and just reached out to them. And it turned out one of the people who worked there like had watched my videos and uh, was a Buchla synth head himself, uh, and was like, yeah, it's come by anytime. Um, so wow. after, actually, I think after they closed, they let me come in, and left, they left me alone for like an hour and a half. and. Basically until I left them, and uh, it was super nice. Uh, so yeah, I've done that a couple times around Portland, at a couple different shops. Um, yeah. So do you bring in all your like 
mics and stuff or do you still just do it on your phone mostly um i do bring i bring just one mic uh akg c414 um okay uh, sometimes i if i can I'll, I'll try to like borrow a second one to do stereo miking but usually it's just a mono mic uh over the piano really yeah which works out pretty pretty nicely honestly I guess if you're layering pianos and stuff, it would definitely work nicely. I always hear about people recording stuff on their phones or just with one mic or a really crappy mic or something. Mm-hmm. I'm always so jealous. Cause I can't even, I can't get anything to sound good with eight mics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand how everybody else does it. I, it's so, it's so difficult. I've, I haven't actually found anything. I, like, I think it sounds good, but there's, but like, only because like I reach it, I think a point at which I'm like I can't keep I can't keep like experimenting yeah. with this because I think I'm just losing my mind, uh, and like there's never a point where I'm like oh I got it this is perfect and, like piano's just been especially I've been recording a lot more of it and trying to mix a lot more of it and I'm just con- confused a lot because I'm like there's so much going on in the frequency spectrum and when you start adding stuff especially synth stuff it just gets crazy and I'm like I don't know how to fix this necessarily and make it sound good this just sounds crazy but yeah yeah that's exactly how i feel yeah (laughs) yeah it's wild yeah i don't know the proper miking i know that like you know i've experimented with all the placements and like all that stuff and it is funny because like i don't love the sound quality necessarily of iphone recording but it's been the easiest to work with work into other music or with other tracks and stuff i think maybe the their compressor compressor limiter or whatever helps yeah but yeah i I don't know what the the secret is yet huh yeah that's really interesting actually because i remember i recorded um a track with you know the expensive mics that i have the c414s Mm -hmm. and then i also set up my zoom recorder and i remember i was playing and then i listened to it after and the, the Zoom set up at the back of the room mm-hmm. sounded way better. So I just went, mm-hmm. ended up going with that. Yeah. And uh, it's it's weird, though, because I don't know about you. Every time I set up the mics, it sounds different. Obviously, I should be measuring and stuff. You yeah. Know, there's all, all those rules and all that. But uh, sometimes it sounds phenomenal, and sometimes it's just not great. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah, I definitely have that, especially with acoustic pianos, because, like, I'm usually playing a different piano every time. <laughs> okay, yeah. here's a new one to try. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I know that, like, atmosphere can affect acoustic pianos pretty greatly, but I don't know if that's, like, you know, I always thought that was something that's, like, you can, you can barely tell in the tone, but maybe when you're miking, it's, like, super apparent but yeah i don't know i'm i'm not not i'm i won't lie i'm not very good like i know the science behind miking and like the theory but i definitely mm-hmm. don't apply it like i don't measure anything i definitely like cause phase issues when i'm scared of miking i'm like yeah i, I definitely need to brush up on uh mic technique because it's not my strong suit but yeah i feel like that's mostly my issues just the phase issues yeah if i had one of those sick you know, you can get the mic stands that actually have a ruler on it. You oh, know, really? so it's always placed. Yeah, it's pretty pretty That'd sick. Be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they're fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not really that cheap, but you know, if you use it ten times, it'll it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, if you just pick up one of those, it it'll save your life so much. But I just never do. Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah that being said i do love the 414 that has been like i recorded all of by morning with that um yeah and it's so versatile and it has been great for it sounds really nice on piano too but i'm just <laughs> processing it sounds great on <laughs> it sounds great on everything yeah. yeah i'm pretty much they're the only stereo stereo pair that i have yeah um i only have one other mic and i never use it unless i have a cello in in the room yeah. but uh it's like a DPA 4080 or 4090. It's like a little pencil mic. It sounds hmm. really crazy. Hmm. Really good. But uh, but yeah. yeah, everybody else is getting like $8,000 mics. And I'm like, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're all trying to run it through tape anyways. <laughs> I know. It's going to get ruined soon afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, which brings up the question of tape for you. So you mm-hmm. kind of run everything through tape at mm-hmm. this point, right? Yeah. Generally. Mm-hmm. When when did um when did that technique sort of come come around for you? I was also in wander into um, 
everything was recorded. I'm speaking of this tape machine here. I recorded everything using this. Um, oh, it's a nice. Wild two channel, uh, portable reel to reel, um, and all the stuff is like pitch manipulated and and like affected and uh, on the tape in this. And I I was like when I was kind of wanting to make a, another release for um, in the early stages of By Morning, I guess uh, I was just wandering too a lot, and I was like, man, it. Everything is so nice on tape, and I'd already been doing tape stuff um, for my band and like for other people and just kind of for fun. Uh, I was like, okay, I want to lean, like I want to make that like a huge part of my morning is centered around being on tape and like using tape manipulation, um, and then that kind of just continually. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely doing. This <laughs> sounds so nice. There's no way around tape. Yeah. Exactly, and even yeah. what's the track that starts with acoustic guitar and you speed it up slowly for the intro? Um, um, I think that's it's late in the middle. Afternoon. Yeah, oh, yeah, late afternoon. Yeah, it's so nice. And yeah. but when I first heard it, I was like, why didn't he just not do that? But now when I listen to it every time, I'm waiting for it, and it's like yeah. a key part of the song. You know, that's <laughs> right. how you know you're listening to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, that was. I think that's. There's only a couple songs that have all the tracks just directly recorded into tape without um, a digital intermediate. Um, uh, I think that's one of them, and maybe I think it was like an accident. I had I had like done something with the pitch and forgot to put it back, and then was like recording it and just like put it up, and was like, all right, I'll just I'll just finish the take out, um, <laughs> and it turned out being awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so sick. Yeah. Oh man. That's sick. And yeah, that's like the famous tape recorder that's in a lot of your videos too, I think, right? Mm -hmm. At this point? Yeah. That's yeah, it's been sick. all over the world. It came to Germany with me. Um, I actually got to go to a like old, really old radio repair shop because um, I blew the fuse out, of course, when I got to Europe, <laughs> switched the, yeah. the power. Um, but they were like super into it and had the like super random fuse I needed and... and uh, it back together which is kind of cool yeah it sounds like uh that's the thing to, that everybody goes through when they when they go play music in europe yeah. everybody's gear just fails <laughs> yeah. yeah i know All i need to time. like remember next time just like switch everything before i even leave get on the plane but yeah how was it traveling with that did you bring it as a carry-on or you just checked it in i did it was it's extremely heavy to be honest um and okay. so i had this like backpacking backpack that I don't think I had any checked luggage. I just had like a backpack backpack with this stuff in like like wrapped in a shirt and like stuffed into my the bottom of the bag and it was extremely heavy. And usually would get taken out and looked at. Along mm -hmm. with yeah. traveling with modular gear is like also really exciting. <laughs> uh it does not look super friendly and uh <laughs> Usually would all the wires and everything. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which like funny enough, like in America they like when I was coming to and from America, like they were like super like looking at it and swabbing it. Um and then in Europe when I was leaving uh Amsterdam, they like pulled it out and the guy like opened it and like barely saw it and saw the wires and was like, Oh, you play modular synth, that's awesome and like put it put it <laughs> down and was like, All right. Uh, oh, and I was like, wow, I had, that's super wild, I guess, like, you guys just know, maybe random coincidence, or, like, I know that America doesn't have as, as long of a history of electronic music and, or, or like for it, but, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, even just the, the culture of, like, experimental music and just yeah. different music in Europe is just different, you know, yeah, it's more accepted, I guess, yeah. people see it on TV and stuff, or something, yeah, much I don't more know, you know, place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I have no idea, but I, I, I think so. That's what my yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought of getting into scoring, like for films? Mm -hmm. I think that's like maybe like my long term goal. I think is to get into scoring and uh, and, and do scoring stuff. Um, I've had I've got to score a couple films just from like friends um, here in the film industry and a couple sync licenses doing the film stuff, oh, cool. um, which has been like honestly the most exciting thing. I I, I really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my like farther down the path. Once I'm like I've gotten to like I want to play shows 
out of me and like I'm done I'm done with that. <laughs> um, yeah. And and honestly not even just just when I'm like when I when I get offered I definitely appreciate <laughs> uh, that because um, I think even as a kid I was like not necessarily like I want to make scores but like my favorite songs would be like soundtrack scores and like yeah um you know super epic sounding um soundtracks and and whatnot so are you big into uh like sound design and because i guess on modular we don't hear probably a quarter of the things you make Mm -hmm. right so are you are you you know in your room making crazy noises and stuff all the time or not all i used to definitely a lot more i actually don't do a whole I, I it's been a while since I've like really delved in the the modular um mm-hmm. which I'm definitely definitely missing definitely want to get back to that um but yeah I do enjoy like sound design my uh, roommates and I just like for fun projects would like we'll grab like just like a clip of something from YouTube and like score out the whole thing um with just random That's sounds so cool. um and just wow. for that reason just just because just to be like just for fun and it, it is, it's, like, really fun, like, going for, like, sound effects, too. You can change the entire entire scene if you add, like, something random. And just uh, and same with, like, scoring. I think you can change the entire scene of a movie with, with, the, with the soundtrack. Yeah, the entire mood. Super yeah, sometimes yeah. it really ruins a movie when it's, like, a super <laughs> sad part and they just don't have that music yeah. that's pulling on those sad emotional strings. You're like, why is the music, like, all pumped up right now or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so important. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I used to do freelance cinematography and, and color grading, so, like, I, I really love being in the film industry. Um, it's not, like something that I think I would want to pursue as like the only thing I do but I, I really like mm-hmm. the idea of being like in, in the sound department and just like getting to work visually in a way but also it's still like very much auditorial based and uh, you're still doing sound uh, but I, I like yeah. working with uh, cinematographers and people in that field I think it's, it's super cool yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say they like working with directors. <laughs> I mean, it's like the yeah. worst part. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but oh man, that's funny. Because every time I've done a scoring job, it's like the reason I don't do much of it yeah. anymore is like, oh my God, it's the notes you get and it's never yeah. ending. And you're like, oh my God. God. There's been a couple of times too where yeah. you've scored for someone and they've been like, oh, you have to change this one little thing. And he'll be like, okay. And he won't change it and he'll send it back. I'm like, oh yeah, it's perfect now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, so clearly you like weren't listening to it or it wasn't that big of a deal. I yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's even that. It's like this separate time of listening to something affects yeah. you differently. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's For something sure. that I think a lot about in music too, is like, even if somebody hears something and it doesn't resonate now, doesn't mean it won't resonate in mm-hmm. a year from now or 10 years from now, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like ever changing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, as you say that, it just uh, all the memories of bad things projects I've had. <laughs> yeah. I definitely had. Yeah, like, it gets clouded over. Here's oh my gosh. Here's my fourth revision, and I'm doing this all for free. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Wait a minute. What's what's, what's happening right now? You know. Yeah. I, I I don't know if these are possible things. That should be cheap. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's definitely frustrating. That's not fun. <laughs> Yeah. No, but it it is great. It's a great industry to be in, and like, yeah, yeah, it's it's. I've noticed the the films that I do or the music videos or whatever. Um, sometimes I like looking back on them more than like even albums. Mm-hmm. Like they mean more for some reason. I guess because yeah. I'm not the only one working on it. Maybe that has to do something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But it just feels bigger. It feels bigger than you know a, an album for some yeah. reason. Totally. So it's definitely exciting. I would love to see you score something, especially yeah. like yeah, well anything. Fun. That would be fun. Yeah, I I've only done one like full score that was like original music. Yeah. And what was that for? It was super fun. My my friend's uh, like student, his like uh, graduating student uh, film. I did sound for. Oh it was okay. Super fun. So it's not a public thing. It was just he used it. Okay. Yeah. But it was a nice process, and and we're hoping to work more together um, in the future on stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of just getting into that process was super fun. Doing it from you know making music from a diff a little bit of a different place was kind of exciting, I like that. Yeah, it gets you out of your comfort zone too. Like 
when you're used to writing, you know, especially ambient music, it all generally has almost the same moods, that sleepy sort of mm-hmm. nice just thing. And then all of a sudden you have to write an exciting, you know, cue or track or, or yeah. like a sad one or a happy one. It, it's, you learn a lot, especially yeah. at the start when doing it. Right. And it's something that I'm still not good at. And yeah. I don't know if I ever will be, but you know, it's fun anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely find myself falling into the same same mood and same patterns <laughs> very easy every time yeah. every time yeah <laughs> yeah definitely but it's Which good though it, what's that oh sorry i just said it's good though you know it's yeah. your style yeah thanks yeah it's not bad definitely not bad but <laughs> it is definitely something i notice and like here we go again with this yeah. little motif <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i like it all i think it's it's great for sure um, I couldn't help but notice the, the Zelda tattoo on your hand. I wanted yeah. to ask about those before we left, too. Yeah, yeah my, my Zelda tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> what, what made you get Zelda out of all things? Um, funny enough, I like would attribute some of my music, my in, like interest in music to Zelda. Um, I had a babysitter when I was a kid who was, like, who was super good at piano and would play the Zelda theme, and... Um, he ta- I was like super into that theme. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and uh, he taught it to me. And that was like the first song I played ever, um, and like first song I learned. And I didn't even. It was like maybe six to eight years later when I actually played the game. But I knew like the whole soundtrack and thought it was a really cool soundtrack. And then I played the game. And was like this is a great game, and the soundtrack is amazing. Um, and so like I've always been into playing some of the Zelda pieces. I like used to. Um, I, I played like a, a couple of the theme songs on piano for like recitals and stuff, which is oh, really sick. funny. Um, but yeah, it's always been part of my life musically, um, so I think that was that was part of the decision. And also yeah. just I don't know, not 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 thinking super hard about it. <laughs> um, yeah, as you do. Yeah, you seem like you have a lot of tattoos. Do you yeah. take a long time before you go and get one and, like, really think about it? Or, like you said, is it always kind of just on a whim? You have an emotional attach- attachment to something, so you're yeah. like, I'll just get that. I think it was... It's been a long time since I've gotten a tattoo. I've, I've like, very much slowed down. When I uh, first started getting tattooed, I was, like, immediately, like, oh, I want so many tattoos. And definitely did not think about it very much. Um, now I'm kind of like, all right, <laughs> and this part of my life is now past, and um, yeah, I haven't, it, it feels a lot longer as a wait time, I guess. I haven't, I haven't had, like, any itch to get a tattoo recently, so we'll see if I continue to. For sure. Would you ever get, like, your album art tattooed on you or something? Maybe. I actually do have uh, one of the first albums I ever released by myself. Um, to a different project to have like part of the album on on me, but uh, I don't know. I've thought about that. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> get, the, get the wander into illustration. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get I did cool. that. That would actually be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, that'd be super sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Never thought about that. <laughs> I mean, out of all like the emblems you could get, the Zelda's probably like the yeah, sickest one. So that is really cool. It's a good choice there. Oh, you have yeah. a you have a Zelda sort of, I don't know what you call it, remix ambient version, something mm-hmm. like that, on on your YouTube too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was super fun to make. Um, I like. I think that the modular pluck sounds are like perfect for that. Um, I think 100%. it's the fairy sound theme. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's so sick. Really, really good. I want to do another Zelda one. I think if I ever have, get around to making more YouTube videos and going through my list of back catalog, but um, yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Well, I hope that you do, and, and I hope that you uh, put all those videos that you have in your hard drive up because people yeah. want to hear them, people want to see them. <laughs> yeah, know. I know. Every time I post a video, people are like you're back. I'm like I'm. I'm I'm not gonna be back after this. <laughs> yeah. I'm back, but not consistently. <laughs> not, not for not for long. But Aww. it's super, super sweet and uh, honestly always surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. A lot of people know your stuff just from YouTube. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, and even people that you know, you got a lot of people into modular and stuff, and like, 
I've spoken to some artists that are like, oh, I know Ann Annie. He's the he's the YouTube guy. I'm like, no, not really, but I guess so. Yeah. You know, you should hear his new album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I, a lot of people at my shows will come up and be like, you got you like helped me make the jump into Maj there. I'm like, oh, man, I apologize to your wallet for that. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's super, yeah, it's it's really sweet. I, I uh, don't often feel like I have that effect on people, but it's it's super nice to hear. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Even though you don't really hear about it much, you know, it's crazy to think that the music you put out is inspiring people to make other music or even just you know the soundtrack of somebody's week sometimes you know yeah. it's crazy to yeah. think about yeah yeah it is cool, cool to think about yeah yeah but um yeah oh. do you have any more questions for him no i was just gonna say thank you so much yeah yeah thank yeah. you again Seriously. thanks for listening to another episode of we all speak in poems and a huge thank you to our guest today and annie we would appreciate it if you would go and listen to Ann Annie's new album by morning and perhaps support it on Bandcamp. We'll be back with another episode in about two weeks, so we'll see you then. <laughs>